Good evening, and welcome back to the Recover Out Loud podcast. This is the uncut version where we will talk about anything and everything recovery. As always, there is no topic left off the table. My name is John Cunningham, and I am a person of long-term recovery and the founder of Recover Out Loud, a certified community organization through the state of Indiana. So I want to go through a couple things here real fast where we dig into today's topic. First of all, if you've not checked out Recover Out loudinc.org please do so now that's where all of our social media platforms are and also i want to go ahead and talk about our q a sessions while i have you here right now if you have any questions that you would like to have answered on this podcast please go to jay cunningham rol or at rol excuse me scratch it it's my instagram page help me out <laughs> megan jay cunningham rol i'm not good at instagram but i'm great at podcasting all right <laughs> So today, I had a pretty crazy day today, man. I uh, So I, I like to work out. A lot of you guys know that. And I decided to try this new new pre-workout at the gym. You know, my wife here, she was with me. And I just had this crazy, crazy panic attack off the, the beta alanine. And I ain't kidding you guys. I uh, I thought I was going to have to call the ambulance there for a second. It was scary stuff. Uh, so that's kind of been my day so far. Also, you know, I am a peer recovery coach, uh, and, I, and I do that for Johnson County. So I have a lot of a uh, lot of experience with recovery. And today, I was talking with a client, and we kind of dug into a topic that I wanted to kind of get on here and talk about a little bit. And the topic was possibility versus probability, and I think this is an outstanding topic to talk about today because I think at the beginning of our journeys, you know, we absolutely have to believe in what's possible. Um, most of us, especially if you're listening to this podcast, and you, let's say you even have 90 days clean, like I'm sure that you felt that was probably an impossible thing at one time. And if you didn't believe that that was possible, you probably wouldn't be sitting here today. And I, and I completely understand that perspective. I know back when I was locked up, back in M Block in uh, Columbus, Indiana, I had to absolutely believe that I could create some impossible things. Um, you know, I was facing 30 years in prison, guys. I had, and I deserved every one of those years. So I, I know, I know, not everybody knows my story yet. Uh, I got locked up for a bunch of burglaries, um, home and home burglaries at that. Um, and I just, I just deserved the time. I don't know how else to put it. And I had to believe in the impossible to get through that. You know, first I had to accept that, that the fact that I'm going to do a lot of time and then get busy trying to do some things, right? And 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 I believed in those things, right? So I didn't know how I was going to get out of my situation, but I knew I could do some things that would make it probable. But what's the probability I'm talking about? You know, what would make it more likely that even though I'm facing all this time, that I could actually enjoy this time and use it to my advantage? Um, so I did a lot of things back then. And Looking back now, like I think the only thing that really seemed impossible that I was able to do was one, not get the 30 years, and 12 years later, I'm still clean and sober. Those two things are pretty big miracles that happened for me in the beginning. Outside of that, I think we have to look at what's more probable to enter to 5, 10, 15 long-term recovery that I know all of us wants. And I can tell you that, you know, things that worked for me back in the day, long time back in the day, 
is I knew, I don't know how I knew it. I think it might be an intuition looking back from now. But if I would read some books, and I say it all the time, you're going to hear me say it all the time, read, 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 it helps. I started doing a little bit of exercise, and what happened was is things became more probable to kind of turn in my favor because these are things I've never done before. And as I started to do these things, I started to feel, how would I put it, just happy, right? Like I wanted, I started to believe that not only that this thing that was impossible, my sobriety, was starting to become a probable thing, all right? Like I was going to make it. I had a real shot here at staying clean and sober for the rest of my life. Now, I think this is where things can get dangerous. And this is what I really want to talk about. Because when we decide to enter into something like recovery, we want to stop using drugs and alcohol. We've wrecked our life. We want to turn it around. And we start envisioning this new life. This new life that we all know we deserve. You'll have so much information thrown at you. And you have to decipher what to listen to, and what not to listen to. And that can be very, very confusing. I know when I first got into recovery, I had so many suggestions thrown at me. And I had to decipher which ones were good and which ones were not. And I, and I had to look at the probability of these things for me and measure that against what I wanted. Um, so for instance, right, like, and you'll hear this, and, and I'm not here to criticize anything. But there are people out there that, you know, might have been shooting heroin, and they no longer drink, or they, they still drink alcohol. And, and yes, and you'll see that story out there, guys. You're going to see that story. That story's going to be out there, and they're going to be doing fine. The thing is, for me, I had to measure that against what I wanted and was it probable enough that if I decided to engage in that kind of activity, would I be here today? And looking back, I can absolutely say with certainty that I am happy that I chose to go at this 110%. See, the, the, what I wanted was, I didn't just want to be clean and sober. Um, I wanted my mom to be proud of me. Um, I wanted my son to be proud of me. I knew at some point in the future I'd have a wife. I'd have kids looking up to me. I've had a feeling that I would probably be giving this away one day because I always heard that you to, to keep what you have, you have to give it away. And I wanted to give away the right things. So that was what was more probable for me, right? And you know, I, and I tried other avenues of recovery as well, um, things like AA, NA, and they did me a lot of good, and they gave me some great foundations. But for me, it was more probable to kind of expand on that. Um, I, that's why I, I know that that's why I preach reading all the time, and I can name books that really did um, help expand my mind, right? And this brings me to another big one that I see. And I hope you've made it with me this so far um, that I see, especially in early recovery, and we got to talk about this. Um, it's a big deal. 
and you'll probably hear me say this over and over and over on this podcast, there's two things that I see that just wrecks people's life. And that's relationships and chasing money. And I get it. I get it. A lot of us, if you're like me, I mean, you're down three, four, five years in prison. You, you want this relationship bad. Like, you want it real bad, and I get that. You know, I, I've been there, and we tend to put all this focus on finding a partner, and we don't even know ourselves yet. And we'll see this person over here. You Maybe you have two years clean and sober, and you see this person walk into a, a room. We call it 13-stepping, right? And he or she has, you know, I don't know, two weeks, 90 days clean, and we think that's the person for us. Now, is that probable? I mean, think about that. Is that really a probable decision? Is that a decision that we should be making for our recovery? I don't think so. And I'm speaking on this because this is what I've been seeing a lot of lately. It's absolutely more probable to not enter into a relationship like that, get your basics covered first, and then maybe look for somebody down the road. I don't even know how far down the road. Or even then, like just finding someone who m- matches the probability out- of the outcome of the life that you want. And if you're not sure of the kind of life that you want, then how can you find a relationship and base it off of the probability? At that point, you are dating potential only because you don't even know, you're not even sure what kind of uh, outcome of a life that you're having. So how can you measure a partner that you want to build a life with if you're not sure what kind of life you really want to have yet? And we get so lost in that it's possible because we see the exceptions. And do you really want to bet your life on the exception to the rule? Hey, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler either. I go into a casino, take my $20, and I'm done. That's about as willing of a risk I'm willing to take. I can't do it, guys, girls. I can't do it. You know, and and we're really good at this because when we we get into uh, recovery, we still have this, like, manipulative mindset that we have to get out of us. And we want to manipulate things in, in our direction bad, you know. And we will point out, like, hey, he and she over here did this. And even though we know it's not likely, we want to believe in something that doesn't have very good stats behind it. Speaking of stats, I'm actually in a statistics class right now. And um, when you started talking about probability, like that's a lot of what we're learning right now in my in, the, in our course. And I just wonder if there's an exercise that can really be done here. Like you, you've heard of people saying like, do a pro or a con list. But if I if people were to really sit out and write out the vision and the long-term goals that they have for their life in recovery and really write it out, every detail. Now, life happens when you're making plans. I understand things aren't going to go exactly like you imagine it to be. And sometimes it goes even better, and that'll be a whole nother episode. But you have a general idea of what you're really going for in your life, especially after you've had some time in recovery and you've really started to like clear out the fog and get to know yourself a little bit more. You have a general vision of what you want to achieve. Write that out. And then when you start looking at partners, jobs, where you want to live, friendships, write out the probability 
of those things helping you achieve that outcome of the life you just written out for yourself. If you want this particular type of family, is this partner probable? Is it a higher risk? Well, is it a liability or, or an asset to helping you achieve that type of family dynamic that you are searching for? If you are not wanting kids and this person comes with a lot of kids, do you adjust to where it's like a 50-50 risk or, you know what I mean? Like you just have to look at you have to weigh out all your options. You got to weigh out all your options, and you got to you got to do some some math behind behind what your the choices that you're making, and seeing what the percentage of each probability is going to be. And are you willing to make some compromises because this person comes with eighty percent of all the other areas, and maybe you have to compromise at twenty? But don't ever compromise those abuse and, and all those things. But no, you know. But you you just got to look at. Where the outcomes of your life and these decisions you make, really write it out. Because when you see it on paper, it helps you make your decisions um, a little bit more clearer to you. You know, as you were talking, I think I, I, I had some, some clarity come to me. You know, mm-hmm. I think I'm about to drop some good stuff. Drop it. Drop so, the bombs. Um, I'm going to drop some bombs here. How, how many of you would like to make what is impossible probable? That sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds good. Wait, I think... I think you got to say that again and slow it down and let it hit their chest. How many of you out there would love to make what's possible probable? Is that possible? I'm going to tell you how to do that right now. All right. If you want to make what seems impossible today more probable for you in the future, do you think the person... It takes time for themselves. They spend a year and a half, two years, really getting to know themselves. They plug into meetings. They talk. They conversate. They read books. Maybe they get into exercise. Maybe they get into some more self-care type things. The person that does that, do their dreams become more probable? Well, I can tell you when I met you, I knew you were a sure thing. I am a sure thing, baby. I'm telling you right now, I'm sure as it gets. <laughs> you were a sure bet. I would. I I knew when I met you because you did all those things. You did make the impossible probable, and I knew when I met you, I could bet my life that you were not a risk for me to take. You're 100 percent probable for all the things that I wanted in my life, but all the things that I wanted for myself as well. Um, I think learning to bet on the sure things, you know, and making sure you're a sure thing. Yes. making And I can tell you right now that I know, see, that's one of the highest compliments you can get as a person in recovery. I want to tell you that right now, right now. Like I know, I know for sure. And I'm going to break this down on a very small level real quick. Okay. When I got released from prison, Back in 2014, I, I remember I got out, and my mom, she picks me up. She's got my sister, and she's got my cousin with her, okay? Mind you, I've been down for three years at this point. And the first thing my cousin does is he reaches back in his back pocket, and he pulls out a Marlboro Red, and he says, Hey, man, you want a cigarette? I'm telling you right now, if I would have said yes to that, what you just said wouldn't be true. Well, I was just thinking as you said that, like, 
Because I've been in the shoes of your mom and sister before. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the one being picked up from prison, right? But those thoughts that you have on the way to pick someone up from rehab, from prison, from, from the streets after they've been out for a while, you have that low, there's a slight possibility, like you still have that little bit of hope that this time they actually changed, but it's still like just a possibility. That moment that you decided to not take that cigarette could have been the moment inside of your mom and sister that like, okay, not only is this just possible that he's actually changed, it made it more probable to them in that moment. Because I want to be a sure thing, just like you said. And, and, and I'm thinking, this is why our choices matter, people. Our choices matter. Yeah, can you go out there and smoke weed and drink and smoke cigarettes and eat whatever you want, date the girl that just walked into the meeting? You can do all that as much as you want to. And you might stay clean and sober through all that, right? It is possible. It's possible. But this wasn't about me. My recovery, nor should yours, ever be about you. Or just you. Just you. It's a, it's a, it's a catch-22, right? Like, but I know, I know for sure if my mom would have ever seen me with a joint in my hand again, her belief in me is now throughout. It's gone. She no longer thinks my recovery is probable, nor does a lot of other people. That's probably going to have an effect on my psyche. And who knows who I would have been. There's no way I would trade who I am today for any of that. And it's really the small choices that decrease the probability of success to go down little by little. Sometimes it's just like a a, a straight 180. But sometimes it's those small choices. I've seen people, every time they, you know spent money impulsively every time they had another one night stand every time you know those just those small little bad habits that may have not caused complete dysfunction in their life in that moment but every time they made those small bad choices they were betting against themselves every single time and that meter of probability was just decreasing little by little. And if we're betting, if we are betting against ourselves, if we're willing to bet against our own life, what chances of other people believing in us in that moment? If we're not even believing in in us enough to make the better choices that are more probable and have a better payout in the end. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't care if anybody believes in me. Like, come on. We're humans. Right, come on. Don't, don't, don't sit here and lie to me and tell me that you don't care about what people think about you. And if you don't, you should. I mean, you're a person. You care about what you think about you. Now, I cared a lot about what people thought about me. And I, and I still do. You know, that's why I hold myself to a high standard. And I still f- feel strongly today that I'm still going to make decisions that make my life more probable to creating the kind of life that I want. I am no longer going to believe in the long shots. You know, I, and, and there's some things that I just know are non-negotiable for me, and they're not because I suffer, right? It's not because I, I don't feel like I suffer from some disease that's going to throw me back into the pits of hell. I don't believe that anymore. 
I just want to be a good leader. I want to be a great example of what it means to be a person in recovery. I take this movement serious. Um, I hope you take this movement serious. Because let me tell you something. There's some guy right now or girl somewhere that needs you. And they need you to get this right. Um, and I've always thought that. You know, I, I don't know how I was spared this life of despair that I see a lot of people go down. I know I was spared. Um, I know I have a, a duty to do this right. I know there's people out there right now today whose lives are better because I didn't do the wrong things. You know, their lives are better because I didn't pick up a bottle. Their lives are better because I didn't pick up a joint. Their lives are better because I got my butt to the gym. You know, their lives are better because I read all the books. Their lives are better because I did all the journaling in prison. And I got my butt on the mic and did the uncomfortable things. This is what recovery is all about. And when you do those kind of things, the impossible becomes absolutely probable. There's a slogan that we hear in recovery a lot. Recovery is possible. I, I, I just, What if we cross that out and we're going to end stamp it here? Recovery is probable. Recovery is probable. It is probable. You know what? Recovery is just the thing to do these days, by the way. I don't know if you guys are picking up on this at all. But getting high is getting to be really uncool. Um, it's everywhere. I think sobriety is getting trendy. And it's possible. You can do it. The definition of probability is more likely to happen. And I think that's why I, I, I like that term, recovery is probable more. Because in recovery, everything else is more likely to happen. Everything else that you desire and you want and all those things that you vision for yourself in recovery, those things are more likely to happen. Hey, I ain't kidding you. You want, you want a good job? Get in recovery. You want, you want to buy a house? Get in recovery. You want a new car? Start recovering, baby. You want a good relationship? Definitely recover. And I'm telling you, I know, and I hate the word recovery sometimes because it's so stigmatized towards drugs and alcohol, but really, recovery, the best dang definition I've ever heard, the government nailed it. You ain't never heard of SAMHSA, you need to look it up. It's a process of change through which individuals improve their health and wellness. Who don't want to do that? You live self-directed lives. Who don't want to do that? And then you strive to reach your full potential. That fits every human being on the face of this earth. I hope that hits you as hard as it hits me. And as always here at Recover Out Loud, we do believe that shame can only thrive in secrecy. And the moment we speak out loud, it will lose its power. And if you want to be out loud with us, I, wanted, I want to mention this again. Submit any and all questions to jcunningham.rol. That's my Instagram page. I am dying to get some questions in here to answer. I will recognize you. I will read your question live. And we'll get busy with it. All right? Until next time, stay loud, my friends.